Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 114 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of Thyroid Nation. And I'm Tiffany Milanich of GratefulGarden.biz. And today we are finally talking with the fabulous Amy Myers, MD, renowned leader in functional medicine and two times New York best. Uh, New York Times bestselling author of The Autoimmune Solution and The Thyroid Connection. She's the founder and medical director of the functional medicine clinic, Austin Ultra Health, and creator of the dietary-based healing program, The Myers Way. She's helped hundreds of thousands recover from chronic illness and has been featured everywhere, Dr. Oz, Women's Health, tons of television, radio, print publications, and we are so excited to have her with us. (laughs) <laughs> excited is an understatement i think i don't know right yeah yeah she's like she's like superwoman <laughs> she is and she's been through you know all kinds of things herself so for her to be thriving and helping people it's awesome right not to mention graves disease you know i know that that we get that a lot everybody talks about hashimotos and hypothyroidism but you know, rarely ever talks about Graves and hyperthyroidism, and and sh- that is her thing. She has survived that and thrived that and healed that, and that is that's amazing. amazing and we, I want to I want to kind of touch on that. You know, we don't do that very often, so um, you know, we don't really touch on Graves as much as we probably should, and maybe will in the future. But um, we should we should probably get some of that info from her. I mean, we'll get her history and all that, uh, even though both you and I know her story, and most people probably do. Got her book and everything right here, but um, we need to kind of go over that a little bit before we get into the candida viral infections, connection, Epstein-Barr virus, thyroid, autoimmune, all of that. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, uh, not only that, but people don't realize that you can have Hashimoto's and Graves antibodies present at the same time. That that's like the ultimate butt whooping. Sorry, I'm feeling exceptionally professional this morning. <laughs> but seriously, that that is a that's a I can't even begin to imagine that that would be so overwhelming. Yes, it would be. You know, oh, so you, you know. Wait a minute. Yep. Yay! <laughs> With no further ado, let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning, Dr. Myers. How are you this morning? Ha. Great. How are you? Sorry, I'm a few seconds late. Oh, no, not at all. Thank you so much. We are so excited to have you here. (laughs) Yes, it's been a long time coming, I think. (laughs) It has been. It has been. Um, Well, crazy over in my world, so thanks for having me. We were just talking about you, so no worries. (laughs) We were uh, talking about your your story a little bit, and, you know, we want to just jump right in and get as much as we can, much information as we can today, if you don't mind. Of course, we could chit-chat all day. That's no problem for me, but <laughs> we want to um, get into your story and some other things. So will you tell us just a little bit about, you know, your journey and, um, you know, how you came to be the Dr. Amy Miners? Sure. So I um well, I mean, there's a very long story, but I'll give you the abbreviated version. Of course, I, I you know, am very open and honest about everything and write about it in both the autoimmune solution and the thyroid connection. But very long story short, after being a Peace Corps volunteer in Paraguay, I decided that I wanted to become a physician. And I had 
really um, grown up around holistic health and uh, natural medicine and, and got, of course, uh, a little indoctrinated into that in the Peace Corps. And so I thought I wanted to come back and be a natural doctor. And I kind of looked around at various uh, alternative medical schools and just decided it wasn't the right fit for me. And I decided to get an actual MD. Um, from an allopathic medical school. However, when I was in school, I took all my electives in integrative medicine and, um, you know, just anything that I could do. I was president of the complementary and alternative medicine group. And then my uh, beginning of my second year of medical school, I started having panic attacks and insomnia and significant weight loss. And eventually I had a really bad hand tremor that caused me to go to the doctor. And um, very long story short, eventually got diagnosed with Graves' disease. So, um, so for those of you all who are familiar with the conventional treatments of Graves' disease, it's, you know, blowing your thyroid up like Hiroshima with iodine-131, taking, um, <clears throat> taking really harsh pills to basically shut your thyroid down or to have uh, all or part of your thyroid removed. So, again, none of those sat well with me, and I tried natural approaches and Chinese medicine and all kinds of things and did nothing for a while, and eventually it got worse, so I chose what I thought was the lesser of those three evils, which was the medication. Of course, reached out to all kinds of people and did research and really didn't know of any alternative or functional treatments. I mean, back then, functional medicine, you know, uh, was really just getting started, if even. And so there were not doctors like myself when I was going through this. And so I um, took the, uh, what, what was called PTU back then and, um, to shut down my thyroid. And about a month later, I felt even worse. And so I went back to the doctor and they checked my liver enzymes and they were sky high. My liver was, um, the medication was affecting my liver and causing liver damage. And so basically was told to go get in bed and uh, wait till my liver recovered from toxic hepatitis. I nearly had to drop out of my second year of medical school and um, had to decide if I wanted to do the ablation or the surgery. And ultimately, I chose the ablation and, you know, certainly something that I still regret, wish I at least had part of my thyroid, um, and then went on a journey realizing that even though conventional medicine had, quote-unquote, solved my problem, uh, they really never got to the root of it. So I finished medical school, went on to become an ER doctor with the idea that I would eventually find what I did find, which is functional medicine, and could then, you know, get out of the ER and start my own practice. So after... Um, residency, I uh, found out about functional medicine. I dove in and took all the trainings through the Institute for Functional Medicine, eventually opened my clinic in Austin, Texas, wrote two, two New York Times bestselling books and, you know, see people from all over the world with thyroid uh, disease, with autoimmunity, with gut issues, with candida, with all kinds of, you know, people who are just really been everywhere and can't get any answers. So that's me. Woo. Wow. Woo. That's a lot. So let me, lot. let me start. It is a lot. Let me start by asking you, Dr. Myers, your biggest regret in that health journey and what you would do differently, which I'm sure is what you do now. But, but what, is, what is the regret and, and what did you learn as far as conventional to integrative approach? So, you know, the regret is that I don't have a thyroid, you know, even somebody who has a partial thyroidectomy has part of their thyroid. So, you know, our thyroid is producing different amounts of hormones every 
minute of the day and responding to stressors, uh, whether they're, you know, stressors of a virus to stressors in a day. And I don't have the luxury of that. I don't have a thyroid at all. So I get, you know, my dose of, uh, you know, Westerthoid Pure every day and, and that's it. So um, that's, that's the regret that, you know, I mean, that hindsight's always twenty twenty. I mean, if I knew me, I, of course, would have done my program. I mean, it's bittersweet, but I have helped many, many people both in my clinic and just by people reading my books and following the program have completely reversed their Graves' disease and not had to do what I did or, and, you know, they spared the thyroid and they don't even need to be on supplemental thyroid hormones. So, of course, that's the most amazing gift uh, to be able to have, you know, turned my sour lemons into lemonade for other people. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know me. Uh, so that's, you know, what I would do differently would be absolutely to follow the program that I write about in the thyroid connection, because, um, you know, there have been, of course, you know, anybody that says 100% of the time they can fix something, you probably want to run from that situation, because we're all individuals, and there's so many different factors. But I have helped a lot of people uh, reverse their Graves disease. Um, so I don't know if that answered, if there was another part to your question or if that answered did. the question. I, it did. In a round, absolutely, in a roundabout way. I mean, I, I was, uh, you deal with the autoimmunity more so, where people can actually keep their thyroid and reverse the Hashimoto's rather than actually treat the thyroid problem. Does that make sense? <laughs> with medication. Yeah, so I was talking about Graves. You mentioned Hashimoto's. So um, both of them are, as you and your listeners know, autoimmune conditions of the thyroid. And any autoimmune condition, as you just mentioned, is not really a condition of a particular organ. It's a, it's a malfunction of the immune system. So what I do in my clinic and what I write about in my books is helping to support the immune system. I f- refer to it like the Titanic. The Titanic is sinking and gone awry, and we're trying to reboot it and, and turn it around. So sometimes that can be very, done very quickly for people, depending, you know, many of these autoimmune diseases, they do not happen overnight. I catch antibodies in people who have absolutely no symptoms. The antibodies can come out at least five years, if not more, ahead um, of the disease. So, you know, this is something that's brewing. And certainly if you're catching this stuff way early on where they just have antibodies but no, no disease yet, um, you know, these things can often be reversed relatively quickly. Then, of course, there are people who, with Hashimoto's, more so than with Graves. Graves, you know, the symptoms are so bad and it doesn't typically get missed as much as Hashimoto's does with the doctors. And I can get into why that is. Um, But Hashimoto's is one of those ones that gets missed a lot. Um, It gets undiagnosed for a really long time for a lot of people. Um, And by the time they actually get diagnosed, some significant amount of their thyroid might have been damaged. And so they need thyroid hormone or maybe somebody's listening to this and they've discovered you guys recently and they have Hashimoto's and they've had it for 20 years. Now it is a vital organ and, and there's, you know, sort of the inflammatory, there's the, you know, inflammatory part and then there's the actual destruction part that happens in Hashimoto's. And when you've destroyed enough of your gland, I can't make it grow back, but I can stop the fire. Or you can stop the fire by following, you know, a program like mine to, uh, you know, to get that fire to go down, to stop, to not continuing, to maybe be able to back off of your hormone, 
and most certainly to be able to stop hopefully another autoimmune disease. Because once you have one, you're three times more likely to get another one. And the next one might be something, you know, sort of more impactful on your life than Hashimoto's. And I don't mean that Hashimoto's can't be impactful for, for many people. Trust me, when I say that, people sometimes get irritated. You know, I essentially have hypothyroidism now, right, because I don't have a thyroid, and now I take supplemental thyroid hormones. So um, I'm right there with all you Hashimoto's people um, and making sure that you're on the right dose and, and all that kind of stuff. But I just want listeners to know that because there are a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I reversed my Hashimoto's and I no longer have to be on meds. Well, I don't think of it as medication. I think of it as a supplemental thyroid hormone. And if you've damaged enough of your thyroid, like me, I don't have one. So if I suddenly was like had some, you know, uh, bad feeling about being on supplemental thyroid hormone and thought of it as a medication, well, then I could be beating myself up every day. So I don't want all those listeners out there who've been following my program or other programs. They've made amazing progress. Um, you know, they've, they've really fixed their gut. They've had reversal of a lot of symptoms. They've warded off another autoimmune disease, but they still need to be on some amount of supplemental thyroid hormone. That, to me, is not failure. That, that, and that doesn't mean, you know, don't do a program. That just means that enough of your thyroid was damaged that you need some extra help there. Yay. I'm so glad that you said that. And that is such a huge misconception. If I follow this protocol, then I can go off my medication. And you just nailed it. (laughs) I could not have asked for a more perfect answer to that. Because I think a lot of people get very confused. You know, it's very confusing for thyroid patients, Dr. Myers, that are just, you know, they haven't followed, you know, say, for example, you know, the Myers way or and they're just Googling and it's confusing. It's it's overwhelming, especially when people don't feel well. It's confusing, right. and, and people don't really know sometimes to ask the questions and things, which is why we do this show, because right. I actually recently met somebody who said, you know, well, I've got graves, and, you know, I'm already I'm set for my um, thyroidectomy, and um, so, you know, I'll be fine. And it was like I... I, they didn't want any more for me. They didn't want to hear my, you know, my spiel about, well, you need to go see uh, Dr. Amy Myers. You need to check out her book. You need to, you know, you might not have to get rid of your thyroid and it's, it's not the best way to go. And, you know, they didn't want my input. So it's very frustrating because, you know, people feel like, well, this is going to be my answer. And because um, that's what the doctor said, just, you know. Yeah, I can assure anybody getting an organ taken out, unless perhaps it, you know, has cancer ridden all over it, is never the answer. I mean, right? I mean, you somebody having a hysterectomy. I mean, of course, I'm a physician. I see these people day in and day out. You always some functioning gland of any sort, whether it's an ovary or you know an organ, you know your uterus to your thyroid to your pancreas. I mean, you want to have. Uh, obviously an optimally functioning body and if something's gone awry you don't want to just cut something out because even as good as conventional and modern medicine is you're taking our body is this beautiful symphony of hormones interacting with each other all the time from different inputs from what we eat to what we think to you know how we feel and versus a physical stressor like exercise or crossfit or whatever on our body is is responding every minute, every day in a different way. And then when you cut one of those systems and you give it preformed, you know, even if it's as natural as it comes, hormone, it's some same dose every day. And so that's the only input it's going to get. And then that's going to throw the whole system off. 
I mean, I definitely believe that I'm, you know, functionally as optimally as I can, but could I be functioning even more optimally if I had my thyroid still or some part of it? You know, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to conventional medicine. I was trained as a conventional physician, and there's some things that we do really well, like emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. And there are people who can't, um, who can't um, get their graves under control by following a program, or their disease is so progressed that their symptoms are so bad that, that they need to do something. And I do in those situations recommend, you know, if they can't get under control with methamazole or one of those other things, or obviously my program or a program similar to mine, uh, you know, to at least if they need to do something, don't get their entire thyroid taken out if they can. I mean, only get part of it. So some partial functioning is better than none. But getting an organ cut out um, is never, never the answer unless, you know, there's a medical emergency for why you have to, you're bleeding to death or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know, perhaps if there's cancer. But um, many, many of these autoimmune conditions that, you know, are popping up left and right um, can be put into remission. What, um, I have a quick question for you. Is it possible for mm-hmm. your um, thyroid gland to regrow or to grow back? You know, there's some people talking about that nowadays with, uh, you know, with stem cell. Um, I don't know that there's, you know, I know that Dave Asprey says he's been doing stem cell injections and he's lowered his dose of, of whatever he's on. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that this is, there is some hypothesis, uh, but I wouldn't say that we've fully gotten there yet. But, you I know, do that, know that someone. I'm aware of. I do yeah. know someone, she actually has Graves' disease, and her thyroid uh, is growing back, which is amazing. Awesome. On its own. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, her name is yeah. Brittany, Brittany I mean, Robinson. T- t- typically what we are taught in medical school, like the liver, I mean, you can cut off a piece of your liver and it will grow back, I mean, your liver cells rejuvenate. I mean, what we are taught, but of course we were taught that about brain cells, that they don't rejuvenate, and we're now learning that, you know, right. uh, that, 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 it, that that can happen, so... Typically, what we're taught is that the thyroid cannot rejuvenate, but it sounds like there's new research out there, perhaps with stem cells. You know, there's, there's I don't want to call them anecdotal, but there are stories that people are, are reporting that, that it is growing back. So I'm never a person in medicine, you know, that's like super black or white, you know, right, because right. there's everybody's an individual. Um, you know, people will tell me things that I've never heard before, but I believe them that that's <laughs> happening to them. Right. So, you know, you just have to be really super open-minded um, and, you know, when it comes to this. So, Dr. Meyer, what do you see as the greatest causes of, of the thyroid epidemic? I mean, it's, you know, it seems like everybody has a thyroid problem anymore. Well, um, I think that many of the problems for most autoimmune conditions and all chronic health conditions really go back to four main causes, in my opinion, and then we can talk specifically about the thyroid. So in general, what I write about in both books are, you know, the fact that we are eating, you know, a highly processed diet these days, um, you know, where our soil is not as nutrient dense as it used to be. We have genetically modified uh, foods. We are spraying our foods with Roundup and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a whole uh, issue regarding our food supply these days. 
Then, you know, we have what is called what is being termed as leaky gut happening in, in most people and, you know, for a whole host of reasons going back to how we're being born to, again, these genetically modified organisms and things like Roundup to overuse of antibiotic and, and acid-blocking medications. Um, we have a number of infections that we're now noting are um, through a process called molecular mimicry and some other processes that are contributing to many health issues. Uh, we have toxins such as toxic mold. Um, you certainly could put uh, Lyme in either a toxin or an infection. Um, you could also, um, you know, talk about heavy metals, mercury. There are a whole host of toxins, the chemicals that we have in, in the air, and then of course stress. You know, we're very, we're all living very uh, lives um, that are filled with stress for various reasons. Um, specifically to the thyroid. I mean, I think that all of those apply to the thyroid. The two other things that I think of when we come to the thyroid is nutrient deficiencies. You know, we need a certain amount of nutrients to make our thyroid hormone, to convert our thyroid hormone, to get our thyroid hormone into our cells where it's active. So there's, um, iodine, you know, iodine, a, vitamin A, selenium, uh, B vitamins, magnesium, uh, vitamin D, so, and, and many people that I see in my clinic through testing, you know, are deficient in, in many of these nutrients, if not all of them. And then specifically to iodine, I do think that we're basically, um, most of us are iodine deficient, and that's kind of twofold. One, by way of us not eating the same amount of iodine that our ancestors used to eat. And then it's a double whammy because then we have very high levels of halides, which are uh, bromide, chloride, and fluoride that are in our environment now. And those look so similar to iodine that they uh, displace it in our body. And iodine, as most people probably know, is taken up mostly, you know, in our thyroid. And we need iodine to make our thyroid hormone. And so um, it's this double whammy of not getting iodine as, as uh, much as we used to in our diet. And then on top of that, it is that we are being bombarded with these other halides through flame retardants mm -hmm. in our mattresses to uh, baked goods with the bromides to the chlorides and, you know, uh, in, you know, chlorine and fluoride and toothpaste and in our water. So uh, we are getting bombarded at every level with these other halides that will displace um, iodine in our body. So um that's what I'm seeing specifically to the thyroid in addition to the five underlying factors that I see sort of chronically. Now, just to just to ask you real quickly, because it's kind of one of our favorite questions. Uh, I call it the great iodine debate. You know, there's <laughs> incredibly intelligent people on both sides. Where do you fall in iodine? It sounds like you believe everyone is deficient and it's critically important. It is in our thyroid medication are you a high-dose proponent or low-dose proponent? How, how do you sit as far as dosing on iodine? So, um, yeah, I'm not a proponent of the super high dosages of, like, the 25 to 50 micrograms. Uh, I'm sorry, milligrams. Um, you know, I've seen people come into my clinic where they swear that is what solved their thyroid issue. And I've also seen equally as number of people come in and swear it is what caused their thyroid issue. So I don't personally, you know, subscribe to that. I mean, also just as a medical doctor, I have to be very careful um, about, you know, standard of care and, you know, I'm already working in a different toolbox than, than conventional medicine is. And so um, I think, you know, when I see 
statistics like that of people coming into my clinic about 50-50, I'm pretty leery of that. Um, I do believe that we need some amount of iodine for all the reasons that I just mentioned. So, you know, when I wrote the thyroid connection, I formulated a multivitamin to go along with the book um, because it was my first book. People are a little overwhelmed by the supplements. And so for the next book, I was like, I'm going to, you know, get everything in one supplement if I can. And then I couldn't find it. So I, you know, spent months and months formulating this. And so we have three, I have 300 micrograms of, uh, of, iodine in the multi that that I use. So I think eating a diet rich in iodine, taking a multivitamin. In my clinic, clinically, I've I've not seen um, anybody have a reaction to that amount of iodine. Uh, You know, if you go to the conventional doctor, I mean, even within functional or integrative medicine, people are very split about this. So if you have thyroid, don't take iodine. Other people say it's an iodine deficiency. You know, where do you go? I mean, naturally, you're getting, hopefully, at least to some degree, some iodine in your diet. And so the dosages that I'm recommending, as you can see, are thousands of fold lower than what some other practitioners recommend. Um, so I find that most people, that even actually helps them, whether they have Graves or Hashimoto's. Now, why are doctors so adverse, Dr. Myers, to doing iodine testing. I mean, I know they say that, you know, if you're iodine deficient, you know, you'll have a thyroid problem. But I've I've actually seen multiple people, believe it or not, particularly people with Graves disease that have an optimal thyroid, you know, they're medicated optimally, but yet when they actually have an iodine testing, whether it be serum or urinary, it's they're de- still deficient. Why are why is conventional medicine just they can't wrap their head around iodine testing. Why is that? Is there a some? You know, I mean, is there something that that we don't know? Yeah, well, I mean, I write about it in my book that it's extremely controversial in my opinion as well, and I don't really do a lot of iodine testing. You know, so the three ways that that I'm aware of that you can test for iodine are to do a serum or a blood test, and I suppose if you are deficient there, then you likely are deficient, you know, functionally as well. But if you're not deficient, you know, just because you have some amount in your serum doesn't tell us what's getting into your cells and functionally how you're able to utilize it. I mean, the thing that I like to equate that to is like getting a B12 level. I mean, if you checked my B12, it would probably be sky high because I take a ton of methylated B vitamins because I have two mutations at MTHFR and I can utilize 10% of what I put into my body. So, you know, we're really with, you know, understanding genetic SNPs and epigenetics, understanding that no people are alike and that, you know, everything, you know, just because you have some level in your body doesn't mean you can utilize it. So therefore I don't use the blood testing. Um, The, you know, the patch test where you put it on your skin, there's a lot of controversy, you know, that people absorb things through their skins at different rates. And then that's pretty much the belief around the urine test as well, that everybody, you know, has a different clearance. Uh, to to iodine or, you know, in general. I mean, we have a different clearance of, of, you know, medications to supplements, drugs, I mean, you know, um, chemicals. So um, I don't actually use iodine testing in my clinic. It's sort of like leaky gut testing. There is testing. Um, It's probably better than uh, iodine testing. Uh, But I don't use a lot of it because I just sort of assume that if you're in my office with autoimmunity, given the Given the research surrounding leaky gut and autoimmunity, I just make the assumption you have a leaky gut and we just work to fix it. So I sort of figure if you're in my office with some sort of thyroid condition, your iodine's off to some degree and we're just going to, you know, replete it um, and work, you know, like I mentioned in all the other factors as well. Let's, um, 
Let's, uh, yeah, so much information, so wonderful. Let's, uh, let's jump to a, um, a topic that's close to my heart, if you don't mind, Dr. Myers. This, the big C word, candida, it's, um, it's a monster, and uh, it's connected to, to thyroid you know, dysfunction and your symptoms and things. Can you talk a little bit more about it for me? Yeah, I mean, oddly, after writing two New York Times bestsellers, one on autoimmunity and one on thyroid, the number one thing people still search me out for is candida. So we are actually going through a candida challenge um, here in my office with about uh, nearly 500 people right now. So I do these from time to time where they get, you know, additional support with me, but it's, we offer this program year-round on my website if anybody's interested. Um, so I don't know, you know, the one, so, you know, I always think of things in terms of a one-to-one connection or a secondary connection. So when I think about candida and its connection to chronic illness and certainly thyroid, I think about more of a secondary connection, you know, that when you, that candida can be a number one cause for people with uh, you know, leaky gut. And so, and then leaky gut opens the gateway potentially for autoimmunity. So uh, I don't know of a connection directly to the thyroid, but certainly we take it out another step, a secondary connection in terms of hormones in general. And, you know, when we are estrogen dominant, that can lead to candida overgrowth. Estrogen dominance can lead to and uh, can lead to um, an uptick in our proteins that will bind more of our thyroid. So that can be a reason for hypothyroidism. Uh, certainly uh, being stressed can release cortisol and drive our sugars up, which then can lead to candida. And then, of course, high stress and cortisol can lead to high estrogens, which can lead to candida, which can lead to binding up your thyroid. So there are a lot of you know, interconnectedness. The main thing that I think of, though, again, as I mentioned, for at least Hashimoto's and Graves is, you know, there have been very, very few people out of the literally thousands that I've seen with thyroid and autoimmune conditions that don't have some sort of infection in their gut, whether that be parasites, small bowel bacterial overgrowth, candida, or some combo or two, or all three of those. So if you're somebody dealing with, you know, a thyroid condition and it's autoimmune in nature, the likelihood is that you probably do have something going on in your gut, even if you have absolutely no digestive issues. And for many, many people, that something can be candida. And I, let me just also say that we use the word candida as a catch-all when you really it's yeast overgrowth, and there are many different types of yeast. Um, candida seems to be the most common, and so that's why we use that. But you could have a different type of yeast overgrowth in your gut as well, being somebody who is a physician and actually tests people in stool tests, not all yeast that shows up as candida. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. next um, yeah. <laughs> is that the best testing? Uh, you do stool testing and things like that? So, yeah, I have lots of free articles on my website. And, in fact, um, we have a, you know, uh, gutrecipes.com. I mean, my website's amymyersmd.com. But gutrecipes.com, you guys can go and get a free gift. There will be a, um, a gut healing ebook with recipes in it. Um, so if you go there, and then there's lots of information on my blog about, you know, how to test for candida. I have tons of free resources. But super quickly, um, there are three ways that I test. Um, there are four ways that I know of three of which I use in my clinic. One is um, you can do a comprehensive stool analysis, and that's very different than what your conventional doctor will do, um, and that will check for it in your colon. Uh, you can do a urine test that's uh, called a organic dysbiosis test, and that will look for metabolites in your upper gut or small bowel. So, And then you can do a blood test that will look for antibodies towards candida specifically to see if you 
excuse me, have an immune reaction to candida. And then you'll see on the internet that there's this spit test that you can do. I don't do that in my clinic because there's not a lot of scientific evidence surrounding it. However, I can tell you anecdotally from patients, it does seem to correlate uh, pretty well, um, you know, if to see if you have candida. So you just have to Google that and see how that's done. But you spit in some water and something about, you know, if the if your saliva gets stringy right. or something, it means candida. <laughs> do you have, there's, you know, just so much online, but do you have favorite supplements for candida that that are actually really effective? I know people hear about oregano oil a lot of the time. Are there ones that you say yes and no? And, and uh... Absolutely. So um, we are, like I said, going through a candida challenge right now with 500 people, and we are using all-natural supplements you know, to do that. And I mean, the success stories so far are so, you know, are amazing. So yes, this works very well. Um, And again, that's something that's available on my website at all times, if anybody's interested in doing that. So uh, right now we use a product called Candisol. We're actually converting and I'm creating my own product. So that will be coming out in January. I'm super excited. Um, But I use products that are enzymatic products that are basically can digest the uh, yeast cell walls. And then we use um, products coming from coconut oil that uh, sort of poke holes in the yeast cell wall. And then, so my approach to yeast is basically starving the yeast, so putting them on a you know special diet, uh, right. killing the yeast with the supplements that I recommended, and then re-inoculating the gut with the good, high-quality probiotics. So that's kind of my three-step approach to, uh, to yeast. Um, I don't use oregano oil um, typically at all. Um, occasionally on something really, really bad. But, you know, my training in medicine is, you know, in antibiotics, you always want to use something that's very, the most specific as you can. Because if you use a big gun, then it kills all kinds of things, right? So if you use an antibiotic, that's what's called broad spectrum. You kill good stuff and bad stuff. If you use a very specific antibiotic that's only designed to kill bad stuff, then that's always better. So by using the enzymes and the um and the coconut acids, those are very specific to yeast, and they shouldn't affect your good bacteria. So that's why I choose that. When you pick something like oil of oregano, it can work very well, but it's broad spectrum. So it can kill your good right. bacteria too. So I, I really I don't sell that on my website. I don't use that. I mean, on rare occasions, you know, somebody might go out and get that, but that's typically definitely not where I recommend starting first because most people with candida already have low good bacteria and so you know it can be effective but it can almost be a little too effective if you know what i mean there's other things to start with first gotcha okay well i have a i have a quick um question i'd like to just get your thoughts on you know speaking with someone who from someone who probably has candida overgrowth yeast overgrowth the sugar factor is is difficult. Uh, it's really not that easy to, to just stop sugar. Um, any quick tips that you might suggest? I mean, of course, just going yeah, cold so turkey. Just, but first of all, don't beat yourself up. So, you know, the bacteria or the yeast in there literally need to live and survive. And there's studies showing that they can basically, that is what's causing you to crave the sugar. They need to be fed. And so, I mean, it's one of the reasons why when you go to kill the candida, I mean, not only are they giving off alcohols that, you know, cause uh, the die off and, and feeling bad, but it's also dying and, uh, and being starved. And so, 
um, these are some of the reasons for die-off. So, I mean, at first, the first thing is just to let yourself know that you might be being ruled by the candida. And so don't beat yourself up. Like, don't think of this as willpower, that you can't do it. Don't, you know, hate yourself and be self-deprecating, you know, in these situations. So, I mean, I think that's the first and foremost to, you know, understand. Uh, the second is, yeah, there just really kind of depends on you and your and, and how you like to go about things. There are people who are cold turkey, jump in, you know, tell me what to do. I'm just going to do it and never look back. And then there are other people that really have to walk into the water um, toe by toe. And so really just figuring out your personality. And so if you're somebody who likes to ease into things, then I would gradually cut it out. Uh, you know, whether that's, you know, I have uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, cupcake every night for dessert. Okay, I'm going to have a half a cupcake. Okay, I'm going to have a fourth, you know. Um, okay, I'm going to have a tiny bite. Okay, now I'm going to move to, you know, organic dark chocolate with no sugar in it. And you just wean your way into it. And other people just say, which is typically what my patients are, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And they just come and they just dive in. So um, it really is just your personality and what you think you're going to be most successful at diving in or easing into it. But don't beat yourself up and know that there is literally a living organism in you that needs to be fed and it is going to resist you giving up that sugar very hard. So don't beat yourself up. Well, can I beat my son up? Because <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> he, he has candida and um, he's like digging through the drawers in the middle of the night. I know that he's got oh, it. Um, so yeah. um, I'm teasing. But, um, you know, I, I know it's the candida yelling, you know, for him to get up and go get something. So um, we'll have to slowly start uh, tapering. Yeah. Him. And the other thing is a lot of people, I mean, it's not ideal to, you know, necessarily be doing the candida supplements and still eating sugar, because I like to think of it as like you're watering the garden and you're putting Roundup on it. But, you know, that might make, if you really can't get somebody off sugar, it doesn't mean like, well, I'm just going to keep delaying, delaying it until I do. I mean, it, there may, you might get some footing by starting the supplement and at least getting some of that potentially killed off while you're weaning from the sugar. I mean, if you have a child that's literally getting up in the middle of the night and searching drawers for food, you know, I mean, that, I know you're sort of teasing and joking about it, but I mean, that sounds like, you know, like it really has hold on him. And mm-hmm. so I wouldn't, you know, you might not be able to just wean. You might need to get those supplements in first and, and uh, you know, try to get at least some foothold in there to then make some headway. Okay. Well, and check, uh, Dr. Myers, how do you feel? I mean, I know types of sugars, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a food control diabetic a long time and types of sugars and combining fat, uh, you know, I know just from my personal experience has always helped me in keeping those sugar cravings low. But I mean, there's, there's no question that, you know, give me a bite of something and I'm like, Oh, you know, and then I start thinking about it. As long as I don't have it there, I don't think about it. It's, it's really yeah, just I'm the same a, way. No, I'm totally, I mean, again, this is where everybody's an individual, right? I mean, there are people who can have stuff in the house and never look at it. And there are people who the minute they see it, they don't want just one, they want 10. So, um, so for sure. I mean, you just, this is where you have to know yourself and know, you know, what, what you can handle and what you can't handle. I'm, I'm the same way. Like I don't think about it, but then if it's there and I'm staring at it, I'm like, Oh my God, I need one. And not only do I need one, I need five. So I just don't think, I mean, so I just don't try to have it there. And then there are other things like, I mean, I don't eat dairy, but like, 
um, you know, uh, coconut ice cream or cashew ice cream. I'll go through a phase where I'm like, oh, my God, I want some of this, and I'll, you know, eat it for two nights, and then I'll put it back in the freezer, and I'll discover it, like, months later. Like, for whatever reason, that's not something that, like, triggers me. I mean, I'll literally discover something that's, like, frozen over, and then you have to throw it out. Uh, but then there are other things like yeah. a cookie or something or dark chocolate. And it's like there. Right. I mean, literally, we had those uh, bark thin bites last night. And they're like, you know, the package was there. And it was like, just keep going instead yep. of, you know, take one and go put it back in the closet and don't look at it or don't buy it in the first place. I know for for our family it's helpful because we have four kids. So I don't I don't want them to ever, like, you know, leave my house and all of a sudden, you know, just that's all they eat is sugar because they never had any. <laughs> But we'll get, like, you know, a, a dark chocolate bar or something like that. I'll split it into, you know, four quarters. You know, in a good dark chocolate bar, those those pieces are pretty good sized, you know. But it's just enough for everybody to get enough sweet, but not enough that it starts telling you what to do throughout the day and everything. I don't know. That's just been helpful for our family is, is just being super careful with portions and what's available in the house. Well, I have a, a burning question for you, Um Dr. Meyer, what with Epstein Barr? How common is that with thyroid uh, patients? And and you know, I know there's the titer testing, but is there in functional medicine additional testing that that helps? That helps. Um, so um, until very recently, I would have said no. There's not actually additional testing. Um, you know what we do in, in functional medicine is the same blood test that you can get through any lab. Now, Cyrex did just recently come out with a IgG IgA test that includes Epstein Barr. I haven't seen it on a lot of people, and I typically do every test on myself, and that had a patient yesterday and it reminded me like, Oh, I haven't done that one on myself yet. So I need to do that one. But um, so there is now an, a new test um, and there might be others that I'm not aware of, but uh, because there's new stuff coming out on the market all the time, but Cyrex does a, does an immune, you know, reactivity test. But in general um, you up until that point, we were all pretty reliant just on the typical titers uh, through a conventional medicine lab. And um, you know, pretty much, I can't say that I've seen a patient that I think I've seen one or two, you know, out of thousands of patients that, you know, has not had a positive titer to Epstein-Barr. So it's sort of like herpes. I literally had a patient yesterday that did not have, um, you know, titers or had not been exposed to herpes one or herpes two. Like literally when these things come across my desk or in my medical records, you know, I can remember them because it's so rare, but I'm also dealing with a population of people with autoimmunity and thyroid conditions. So something, you know, 90 something percent of people have Epstein-Barr. Now there do seem to be some correlations of Epstein-Barr with lupus and a few other autoimmune diseases. Um, There is certainly a theory about Epstein-Barr and the herpes virus, you know, getting into the thyroid gland, being destructive to the gland, you know, either creating sort of a bystander effect, hijacker effect or even a molecular mimicry kind of uh, effect for the immune system that causes it to go on high alert and theories surrounding that, you know, for Hashimoto's and Graves. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I see these things all the time. There's not a lot of great uh, sort of medicines or even natural treatments to help with Epstein-Barr. So what I do is really help support the immune system by 
fixing the gut, getting rid of things like candida, you know, making sure that the immune system can work optimally and then hope that the body then can fight these things off naturally. Now, do you think that, you know, like, for example, my titers were 420 or whatever. I mean, I I got a butt whooping. It was uh, my mom had just passed, and uh, literally that's what led in to my Hashimoto's uh, being diagnosed and all that. I was diagnosed autoimmune thyroid four years before my thyroid actually fell in a treatable range. But I, I just feel like that's always an X factor. You know, my medication requirement was much higher to get me through that. And, you know, now it's much lower as it's passed. But I always have that, you know, what's lurking? It reminds me of Lyme disease, <laughs> I mean, where you feel like it's lurking, mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting to make a reappearance. And, you know, people say, reduce your viral load, reduce your viral load. And it just doesn't seem like it's that easy. Um, so it's not. And I also don't find that reducing somebody's viral load or not, I haven't found that clinically uh, to really make a difference. I mean, I get the point of that is to say I've helped people get well and completely reverse conditions and their Epstein-Barr titers never come down. And I see people who, you know, don't feel better, but we get their Epstein-Barr titers down. So I haven't found clinically that the two things even correlate. So I think it plays a role. And I literally can think of two people again, out of thousands that told me, you know, they had Epstein-Barr and we put them on Valtrex. I mean, for some people, Valtrex, I mean, it's typically used for herpes, but for some people, um, it there is a crossover and it can really help them with Epstein-Barr. And there are two people that told me, um, yes, you know, I definitely can feel a difference in my Epstein-Barr when I take Valtrex and that it seems to really help as two people out of thousands. So, you know, there are people that can tell, but for most people I can't. So I really don't spend a lot of time checking and tracking Epstein-Barr viral loads because I don't, you know, it gets people upset, right? I mean, here you are asking the question and like, well, my load's so high, but, you know, I got worse and then I got better. And so I feel like when you have these labs that aren't getting better for people, but they're feeling better, then they get focused on this lab. And at the end of the day, isn't it about how we all feel? Right. So it's leave it is what you're telling me. Leave it, Mm -hmm. Tiffany. Leave it behind you. I love that. I could kiss you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Let go of it. Don't worry about about it. it. I love that. If you feel good, move on. Enjoy your life. I do. And it's, it's, um, I, I just love that. I appreciate that more than, than you could possibly ever know. Okay. You're so welcome. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I mean, one, just for your listeners, I've been there, right? I mean, there's very little anybody's dealing with out there that I haven't been through. I've, you know, been through autoimmunity. I've been, I mean, you name it, I've been through it. Uh, you know, toxic mold, lost everything I own, chemical sensitivity, slept on a porch for a month. Uh, I've been through conventional training. I've been through functional medicine training. I don't have a thyroid. I take supplemental thyroid hormone. I am human just like everybody else there, and I'm a physician. So, I mean, I track labs. I see this stuff. I see people in my office. I'm not just somebody dealing with people on the Internet that's never sat down with a patient, never ordered a lab, never taken thyroid hormone myself, like 100% get it. And so what you're getting is an answer from somebody who is there too. And it's like at some point you just got to kind of like move on. And we hate well, that I had you to have gone it. through that. But we love the fact that you understand because there's nothing more powerful to me 
than a physician that understands it. what yeah. the brain fog and the crushing fatigue and the, you know, just it's we are so grateful. And, and the craving. You went and, through that. And wait, and wait, what about the sleeping on the porch for a month? I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, so I stopped taking new patients um, last year um, because I was exposed to toxic mold for the second time in my life and lost everything I owned. And when that happens oh, to me, I typically get super chemically sensitive. So I was in the middle of writing the thyroid connection and literally sleeping on a porch. Uh, so um, because we had to move into an apartment and it was a new apartment and it was off gassing so much, I couldn't handle the off gassing. So, oh you know, I, I get it. You know, I mean, you can be literally um, having to sleep on a balcony for a month and still get better, folks. So there's hope. Don't give up hope. Um, all that's to say, uh, you know, then um, I had, a, uh, you know, got well. And actually, we finally moved into a new apartment. My father got sick, uh, very unexpectedly went to the ICU, died five days later. And then a month later, I adopted a baby. So for all those people out there that are like, oh, my God, she's so amazing. I'm going to pick up the phone. I want to become her patient. I am not seeing new patients right now. <laughs> Um, I have my uh, plate full with my new daughter. And so really what I'm trying to do is spread the word uh, through podcasts. And I have lots of programs on my website. I, of course, have my book. Uh, my nutritionist, Dana, sees uh, wellness coaching. I have lots of programs for you. If you're curious, you've got Candida. Got a program for you. Exactly what I do in my clinic. I literally have 500 people doing it right now um, and getting just the most amazing, uh, I could read you a little success story that I'm looking at on Facebook right now. Uh, so, you know, there, I have lots of stuff to offer you guys, but unfortunately I'm not seeing um, patients in my clinic uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, that's okay. We're, we're loving, you know, all this information and definitely your books and things. And we love to hear the real story from you, but really quickly, tell us a little bit about your daughter just to get a little personal insight. How old is she? Yep. So, uh, she's turned six months, uh, on the third of this month. And oh, so, baby. um, yep. I have <laughs> lots of, if you're a mommy out there, a new mommy, I have lots of blogs. If you're considering becoming a mommy, started writing a lot of blogs. And um, if you're interested in my personal life, I do that on Instagram rather than my Facebook. So oh, wow. I post pictures over there. She started salads. We did avocado. Um, we had, she was adopted. We, she was C-sectioned. We had her seated. And um, she's been doing breast milk from a donor since day one. And now we've just recently started salads. So <gasps> if you're interested in how to exciting. raise a healthy baby, Come on over. <laughs> That's her Yeah. Now, does she do yeah. uh, probiotics, Dr. Meyer? Do you have her oh, on yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. an infant probiotics? Yep. Absolutely. Good question. So I have her on um, since day one. She's been on uh, infant probiotics. We have those on my website if anybody's interested. Started formulating more supplements um, for kids' health. Uh, and she does uh, vitamin D and fish oils. All that's available on my website if anybody's interested, and I just formulated a uh, children's multi. She's not on that yet um, because she's still doing (laughs) breast milk and whatnot, but at one she'll start a children's multi. Yep. That is so exciting. It is. Yeah, and we're starting to get swim. We were starting to do swim classes. Now I'll relate all this to thyroid. We were starting to do swim classes, and the chlorine was so bad that I just couldn't do it because I was worried about a little thyroid, but I did buy some iodine drops that I was going to give her should we have continued. 
but we switched to music class instead, although she loves the water, but I have, um, you know, a shower filter on my shower, and then I fill the tub using filtered water for her. That's awesome. You know, it's it's funny how many people, you know, I live uh, about an hour outside of Palm Springs, but I grew up in Palm Springs. And I think about the, the insult, you know, the, the pools are like a, it's like a major insult. You get the chlorine, you get the bromide, and you get the fluoride all in one shot. It's like yeah. an allergen and, bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so <laughs> bad, sounds I just so couldn't silly. do it. I know. It's craziness. It's craziness. And I love to All be right. in a pool, but I'm the same. I'm the same way. Um, so, if you, you ever that? were you would you ever you, buy a pool? Would you ever do some kind of special salt water or something like that, Dr. Myers? Yep. So we're we in all that. We bought some land last year. We're going to build a chemical free, mold free home, and then got waylaid with my dad and my daughter. And so meeting with the architect tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we were home visiting my aunt in New Orleans and Mississippi a couple weeks ago, and she had a salt water pool, and it was amazing to get out. I was like. Usually if we, we, we live in an apartment, there is a pool and we have gotten in it a few times with Elle and, um, you know, I immediately go home and shower her right afterwards and myself and I was getting out and I thought, Oh, I need a shower. And I thought we, like nothing smells like this is amazing. What? Right. And, and then I realized it was a saltwater pool. And so it was awesome. So yes, if we have a pool, we definitely would do a saltwater pool. Okay. Ding, 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 ding for all those people listening. You know, swimming in the pool is fabulous, and everybody likes it, and it's good therapy. And also, you know, people are thinking, well, that's um, not as hard on your body, and so that's how I'll do my exercise. You know, you really got to kind of think about it. Chlorine, it's, got, it's not just the chlorine. There's lots of stuff in there. There's lots of stuff in there. Yeah. That's yeah. Craziness. Well, Dr. Meyer, um, what is the single most powerful thing, and I think I know we're going to go with this, but <laughs> that an autoimmune sufferer, sufferer can do for their health what is the single most powerful thing if you do nothing else and and maybe it's more specific to graves and hashimoto's but if you do nothing else yeah no what is the single most powerful thing dr myers wants to leave you with yeah so give up gluten the research is is pretty um staggering particularly when you look at uh thyroid autoimmune conditions Specifically, you know, the through molecular mimicry, the gluten molecule looks very similar to the thyroid tissue. So I would say give up gluten if there's only one thing you do. The second would be heal your gut. And the third is to believe that you can get well. Oh, those are great. Yes, let's definitely leave it on that note. That was fabulous. Believe you can do it. Per Dr. Believe Amy Myers, this it. has been fabulous. We are so, so grateful to have you so on the show grateful. today. And we're, ha- we're going to ask you back for mold. Dr. Yes. Amy Myers <laughs> okay. is going to return to Thyroid Nation and talk about mold. And I know mm-hmm. you're writing a protocol and a book on that. So <laughs> we would love to have you back to talk about that because I think that's much bigger than people think it is in there. Uh, with know, all these think, hurricanes happening. God, yeah. when you think it's about be the even flooding, bigger. when you yeah. were saying yeah. that, I was thinking mold and all of these people who's literally like, it's you just can't think about it right now. But... I know you. I know you. I'm getting to know you now, and I know you're going to write a book on it, especially because it's rocked your world. It's coming, isn't it? Um, it will come at some point. I'm just <laughs> trying to trying to keep my head above water with uh, being a new mom and new juggling mommy. everything else as well. So that's okay. We yeah. can wait. We can wait for the mold <laughs> protocol, Dr. Myers. We want you to enjoy that baby. It is the world's most amazing journey. I, I can't even put it into words. It's just 
I'm so excited for you. It's so much yes, fun. Yes, <laughs> definitely. It, and we're going to check out your Instagram right park. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody. I appreciate it. Thank Have you a great and day. Enjoy that baby. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. Absolutely. Take care. Uh-huh. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye now. Bye. That's so exciting. I know. <laughs> How cool. I'm going to Instagram right now to check it out. I know, right? I know. I'm going to do it right away. She was amazing. I can't even imagine. It's like the, the topics that you want to ask her. You know, and and what was amazing is she was answering questions before we even had a chance to ask them. It was, it was just like let her, <laughs> let her talk because you know just just talk and and I'll have to go back and listen to it because there was so much information that was presented. It was she's amazing. I love Dr. Myers. Me too. We got we had lots of people ask questions on uh, the Hashi's group. I know Blythe I think answered. We, uh, I think we got them yeah, all. I, I know think Blythe we got asked a question. I know AJ asked a question, and let's see who else. Jessica Sharp had lots of great questions, and I think we mm-hmm. got all of them, didn't we? She did. We didn't necessarily. I was trying to keep track, and and uh, you know the questions got answered, um, just not necessarily were asked by us. Does that make sense? Right. Like I was kind yes. of checking them off in my head. Me but, too. Me too. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, Candida, don't even worry about the testing. Just deal with it and address it and kind of put it back into check. And, and you know, an Epstein-Barr, don't worry about it. I, I love that, right? Because no one really writes too much about Epstein-Barr. Everyone just says reduce your viral load, which, you know, I mean, there's things that you can do for that. But it's, you know, don't worry about she it. Said, let it go. told us not to worry about she it. She said let it go. <laughs> She said, <laughs> oh, let it go. There it goes. Everyone's going to sing. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, please no, don't. I want people to enjoy their day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was amazing. You can find all things Dr. Fabulous Amy Myers uh, at www.dramyersmyers.com. And she has all of those things that she mentioned, of course, her amazing books, The Thyroid Protocol, but just amazing blogs and articles that cover literally just about everything. Yes, and (sighs) if you accidentally go to amymyersmd.com, it's the same place. So she has both of those directed (laughs) at the same spot. So you can find her lots of different ways. She's on Instagram. She said she's got um, pictures and things, uh, which I'm looking at right now. She's got a picture of her beautiful baby, which I'm just adoring. It's so cute. I'm going to like it right now. How cute is that? So, and she talked about tons of supplements. Uh, She's got. And has uh, her supplements. I'm going to check those puppies out. I know. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Next week. We have uh, Robin Openshaw. She is uh, what Green Smoothie Girl, and she is um, she's got a new book coming out. It's like a high vibe frequency. It's going to be a little bit different than what we normally do on the show, but still very very uh, exciting. So check that out, and uh, of course you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Of 
course, be sure to check out Thyroid Nation Essentials at thyroidnation.com. Wonderful, clean, preservative, synthetic, free skin care, uh, and some handy aromatherapy inhalers designed specifically uh, with essential oils to help ease thyroid symptoms. We did uh, formulate those specifically for uh, thyroid needs. We for did. Us. We did. <laughs> we did. And we love them. So we think you'll love them too. Check them out. I've got my Brain Awake Nasal Inhaler right here. I had a brand new one, and I just took the package off. I was like, oh, I don't want it. It's so pretty all packaged up, but I, I did it this morning. So, um, Also, this episode is definitely uh, now sponsored and brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotics. You can find them at thriveprobiotics.com. Of course, there will be more information coming up. We're going to do an official launch probably next week, but definitely wanted to mention them Um the founders, Tina and Billy, are fabulous, and I've been working with uh, Julie, their manager, so we're going to be announcing more of that soon, but just wanted to get it out there. Uh, we had Dr. Karan uh, Krishnan on the show back in, what, June, talking about the spores ago, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, the probiotics. It was just a fabulous, fabulous show, so we'll be publishing and I've been a blog. Them. I've been so taking them 60 I've days now, yep. and so we'll, so we'll share how we feel and... and uh, when we launch that's it's right. really exciting it's exciting and it's an exciting product it's it's uh impressive that's all i'll leave it with that that's right and of course you can ask questions for the shows um if uh, you'd like in the hashis group on facebook just type in hashis and we should it should pop right in there and and we're always on uh twitter and instagram and all those social media platforms so you can check us out there too and most importantly, Dana and I always want to remind you, we heard Dr. Myers talk about it in this particular show again, that wellness is a journey, takes continual maintenance and evaluation. There is no one page. We're not all the same, right? We all have uh-uh. different journeys, different genetics, different mm-hmm. everything. You know, a, a hypothyroid patient who was a Graves patient is different than a Hashi's patient. They're different. Everybody is different. You always want to make sure that you are listening to your own body and be mindful of what it is telling you. That is huge. It's a, it's a phenomenal tool that is exclusive to you. You've got to use it in the, in the journey to heal. It has to be listened to. Yes, it does. This is Dana, your Thyroid Nation Gringatika. And Tiffany Mladenich bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. And we are healing. Yes, we are. All right. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Thanks.